Hello, hello, and welcome to the Finding the Unicorn in You podcast. What a beautiful day to inspire lives. My name is Dr. Jaime Cabrera-Dagosa, your host, and I'm so excited to have you here. Let's get ready to meet some fantastic unicorns and learn how to unleash the innate unicorn in you. Let's get started. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Finding the Unicorn in You. Today, I have a writer and editor who delved into the intricacies of the human experience with a keen curiosity for the mind, heart, and the interplay between emotions and our surroundings. Her work revolves around unraveling these profound connections. She embarks on a quest to explore the timeless question of why are we here, a journey she expertly navigates in her captivating novel, Falling into Fire. Get ready to ignite your curiosity and embark on an enlightening conversation with the insightful Christina Smeriglio. Hi, thank you for having me. (laughs) Welcome, welcome. Thank you for being here. So why don't we get started with what inspired you to write this book? So Falling Into Fire, it first started as a short fiction piece that I started while achieving my master's degree in writing at Nova Southeastern University. I was prompted in my fiction writing class to write a story in which the setting was like the main character Mm. or your character having this epic journey based on the setting. And when I was prompted, I was like, oh, do I write about my hometown? Do I create a whole new setting? And then I just had the vision of the Garden of Earthly Delights, which I had been introduced to in the same semester in another class. And as I started reflecting on the painting, I just, the best way to describe it is that I just started inserting myself into it. I was captivated by the characters. And there was one in particular that I saw myself in, which was interesting because it's a still painting, right? It's not an animated painting, but I just saw myself in her and I followed that character around. Next thing I know, I had a short story. That story later became my master's thesis. So I expanded it and it was an epic journey where I started to learn more and more about myself through the context of this setting. And then a few years later, after I had already graduated, I had the opportunity to work with a publisher to turn it into a novel. And as soon as I got that opportunity, I'm like, all right, I guess we're doing it. So I, I was able to turn that thesis, which was a more academic paper, had a different type of lens into a deeper fantasy, more creative project. So it really was, it was prompted by that class. But I will say that it was ultimately inspired. The reason I feel like it was able to even come out was because I was going through a lot personally at that in particular time in my life. I was in a struggling position. I didn't know where to turn. I felt very lost in my personal life. And being that I was diving into this writing journey, I knew like I had always done even before, like I had to write it out. So I feel like this project was a way for me to really dig deep into myself and to explore my psyche through this story. That's like a little summary of how I got there. (laughs) That's amazing. And to know that you got inspired just by one painting and then that's how you initially started. And one wouldn't even think that. It's just like an image of somebody else's work inspired you to write such an elaborate book and get you into your whole journey. That's amazing. Thank you. It really was amazing. Also, too, because of the topic of the painting, the Garden of Earthly Delights being a triptych that displays, it was a 
painting from the Renaissance, but it's depicting this very biblical story, Adam and Eve, and this artist's interpretation of the consequences of those decisions and different things like that. And it was interesting because art is from the eye of the beholder, so to speak, like art really does, it shows something within us. It exposes us. Somebody else may have looked at that painting and saw something different, mm-hmm. right? See, my upbringing, my filters, my understandings, and using the research that I had found about the painting, I was able, it was amazing to see what was exposed about me in that setting. So I actually think, I I feel that all art should inspire us in one way or another. So I feel like this story for me was an epic quest of how we can begin to look at art in different ways. Some people already relate to art. They love to see paintings. They love to go to galleries. Other people, maybe they haven't explored that yet. Even me, like I've always enjoyed paintings, but I never really connected with art like that before. So this experience to me really opened my eyes to like, wow, I can have this reaction and this transformation in writing by reflecting and inserting myself, so to speak, into this art piece. I wonder what other art pieces can inspire me. What else? And even my book as an art piece in and of itself, what could it inspire in the reader? How could they grow and change themselves? So it was very interesting. I I really, I also was amazed because I feel like something special really was happening within me that I feel like this medium of writing and this specific art piece was able to work together to bring about a change in me. So. I was left in awe, even though it was like, I was in it, but it was amazing to see. It was like, I was in the process, but also watching the process. And it was awesome. So I love it. Have you always wanted or had this passion to write a book or did it just come about? I've always been called to writing. Even when I was in middle school, when I was going through everything that I was going through, I was highly called to poetry specifically. I was trying to understand what I was feeling, the things that I was thinking. So I always felt called to writing. But to be honest, it wasn't always. I didn't think of it as a profession. I didn't think that I was going to write a book. Like that wasn't something that was necessarily encouraged in me. Some people thought, oh, she's going to be a psychologist because I was really interested in the mind. When I did, I, I ended up studying psychology for my bachelor's degree. But having in the back of my mind that I always loved to write and it was my medium, my preferred medium of expression. When I was deciding to go to graduate school, I did some serious soul searching. I'm like, you know what? I don't know if the psychology route was for me at that time. I'm like, can I really coach people one-on-one in this way? Am I ready for that? I'm like, how can I, because mind you, when I made the decision that was before writing the story, so I was still in the midst of all these things that I was trying to overcome. And so I decided to pursue writing and I'm like, I don't know where it's going to take me, but I feel like I can share what I've come to learn through writing. And then in that journey of achieving a master's degree, I felt, I knew I'm like, okay, This is what I want to share. I'm like, I want to share essays. I want to share books. So I was even getting that confidence of achieving my master's. It started to get the ideas within me of how I can share my earned wisdom and my experiences through a different type of format. So 
yeah, I wanted to write a book and I was really happy that this was the first one. Do you think there's going to be more books of this nature, like a series, or do you think it's, it's going to end here? I feel like it could happen. I've actually been inspired to write a story about writing this story because I feel like there's a lot that I can say to the process of how this story even came about. Like mm -hmm. being that it's a fantasy story, but highly based on my personal experience and me turning my personal experience into the fantasy and how the fantasy genre was able to expose certain parts of my mind and in the setting. I would love to talk about that's why I love to talk about the process. And so I feel like I could write a story even just about that and the journey of creating the story. Mm -hmm. But I do also feel our night, people say night is short, but I once heard the night was long. And I was like, you know, it's because so many things can happen in our lives that I do feel like this is a powerful way for me to not only heal and overcome things that I've been through, but also to help others. So, Falling into fire was a way for me to expose the truth and understand what happened to me in that regard. I went through emotional abuse, sexual abuse, things of that nature. So that was a way for me to like start to dig into my experiences and heal at a very specific level. Mm -hmm. I do feel like it could also go even deeper. A lot of the things that I even noticed myself now. I was able to write about these things. Now, next part of my journey is actually talking about these things and talking about the real world experience of these things. So I can even write a whole story in a similar format, talking about the voice and what it means to not only accept our experiences, but now we're talking about them. Yeah. Not only from the wounded place and the healed place, but also now the empowered place where we can help others. So I do see multiple opportunities for me to write in a similar way. So yeah, I would say most likely. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that with us. And it's in a way your book helped nurture and heal you from what you went through and gave you a voice in a way. And now it's empowering you to even wanting to continue sharing that. And I know that if you go to any therapist, they usually say journal. So in a sense, this is another outlet of journaling that ended up becoming a whole story and a narrative for you to, to put your, a piece of yourself out there. Exactly. Because, yes, I would journal a lot. I even dove into morning pages mm. uh, from Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way. And that began to get the wheels turning of what was inside of me. But definitely even embracing creative writing that was like the next step. Because with journaling, it felt more like stream of consciousness, the ideas behind the more real world ideas, like this is how I'm feeling. These are the emotions coming through me. When I turned it into the fantasy, now I was able to detach. Like I was in there, but also detached. And now I'm seeing characters speak to each other. Mm -hmm. I'm also seeing a way for my character which is obviously a reflection of me, speak to these characters in her life, speak to these parts of her mind, speak to these people in her life that maybe she couldn't necessarily confront then and there, right? A lot of times like we come up with these scenarios that are like, oh, I wish I could have said this. There are parts in my story where I, my character has that opportunity and then 
it informs me and I'm like, oh, that's something that I can embrace. And yeah, so journaling was a part of that. And then turning it into the creative writing space that added another dimension. So I was able to get like the real world. And then also she is a reflection of me, but she also does stand alone. She's her own character. She has her own journey. So it's a very interesting process being able to, yeah, start with the journaling, start with the poetry, just reflecting on ideas and then, yeah, turn it into an actual fictional story. Yes. Writing is powerful. I love it. <laughs> yes, definitely. I a thousand percent agree. And before I go further into the interview, I realize that we've talked about the process, but we haven't actually talked about what the book is necessarily about. I know we said about relationships. Love healing. <laughs> so tell us a little bit, a synopsis of what the book is about. And it happens sometimes. <laughs> we talk process. And to be honest, I love to talk about the process because sometimes I feel like that's one of the most important parts of this story is what was the process of writing. But to get into more detail of what the story is about, we start this story with Christy, who was writing her story. And we're suddenly in the Garden of Earthly Delights, and we're experiencing the painting through the eyes of Priella. So Priella is my protagonist, and she's in this place where she is lost. She has people that she's interested in, but it doesn't seem to be working out. She's dating. She then, she has her closest friend, and her main goal is she wants to connect. She wants love. She wants to not only find love, but she wants to be her ultimate self in love and she can't seem to find her way the advice that she's given it makes sense to her but something keeps you know something's off and then she's trying to interact with the men in her life and doesn't seem to be working out and it shifts her and sends her on this inward journey right all sparked by so i use fruits so in this painting there's a lot of fruits and I utilize this cherry tree. So this cherry tree serves as a vehicle for her to dive into herself. So it's called the cherry tree of spiritual truth. She takes a bite of the cherry. This cherry symbolizes rebirth. So by having the cherry, now she's able to look inward and to analyze her experiences and question herself through a different lens, mm -hmm. right? And she's able to see the darker aspects of herself. And to look at herself with truth, what is really happening in her life? The whole, why are we here? That's why I know the question, why are we here? She starts to question it. Why am I here? Why is this happening? Who am I? What am I doing? And she ultimately confronts these not so nice experiences in her life. And these honestly dark sides of herself that she realizes this is her part in it. And this is what's happening to her. So she confronts it and she ultimately comes out healed. She mm -hmm. integrates parts of herself. And then it's ultimately a story of empowerment. For some people, it may not be easy because it is a first person narrative. And I did that intentionally because I wanted the person reading to experience it from her eyes. Even though the person reading it may not have had an experience just like that. Everybody has their own experiences. But this is an example of how someone could react when this happens to them. Yeah. It allows the reader to gain a sense of compassion. And if they have been through something like this, 
they can then have the safety of being in this fantasy world, right? They're not talking to anybody. They're just reading a story and they can ask themselves these questions. They could think about the different parts in their lives. They are struggling with romantic relationships. They can ask these questions if they're struggling with friendships like Brianna does also. They can ask these questions and they can just create a more mindful experience for their life. I feel like that's the main takeaway to not live aimlessly, to really be present in your experiences. Even the darkest ones that we want to suppress, there's mm-hmm. always to learn and there's always a more beautiful way to live your life if you accept and you really are a part of your life's experiences. So that's the story in a nutshell. And yes, in the backdrop of the Garden of Birthday Delights. <laughs> I love it. It's I think it's very captivating. It's very innovative. And in a way, it's not only just a fiction piece, but it's a way of self-healing I think as well I your that story I think a lot of us can relate to of wanting to do that self-discovery especially after a heartache or just wanting to seek love and finding a bigger purpose of to nurture ourselves through that process so I think a lot of us are gonna I'm already like thinking I'm gonna add it to my shopping cart right now right after this I think so too I, I think that even if the person can't relate I feel like I feel with any story where someone's going through something, even if you've never gone through it, you may never go through the specifics of Priella, but you may know somebody Mm -hmm. or even just by thinking, oh, this is an option of something that someone can go through. But you can now be more mindful, even on your end, in your own relationships and your own friendships and things like that. So I feel like even if the person, because I've had a lot of men come up to me, they're like, oh, well. I didn't really relate, but it was a great story. I was like, yeah, you may not relate, but you may know someone. You may have a friend. You may even relate to the friend character. So the Allura character, Brianna's mm-hmm. best friend, she represents the more traditional views, values, very empowered woman, right? And so while Priyana is the more broken, wounded person, right? The younger, more struggling person, Allura is already empowered. She has this magnetism to her there may be people who relate more to her mm-hmm. and by doing so they may have a priel in her life in their lives that's needing this assistance from them so it's i feel like no matter what character you resonate with or even if you don't resonate with any of them i feel like just like in any book you read there's always something to learn and to gain completely agree and if one of, one of our listeners wants to purchase the book where can they go online or can they, is it can buy it online is it in bookstores where is it you can order it online, either through Barnes & Noble or through Amazon. Perfect. All right. So if you're hearing it now, so if you haven't put it on your shopping cart, make sure you add it today. So as we, you talked a lot about different transitions that you went through, right, through, through the writing process, going through your own unicorn journey. What aspect of this process of creating the book took you by most surprise? So the first thing that comes to mind, it's actually like my favorite mini story to talk about when it comes to the process and it mm-hmm. always seems to come up because I feel like I love things about us that they do they take us by surprise and one of the things that I noticed particularly when I was writing it as my thesis mm-hmm. so when I was first writing as my thesis and I was creating these characters the angel character in the story the original name I had for him was Malachi and I remember working with my thesis advisor and she's also, why did you name the angel Malachi? And I'm like, that's because the name Malachi means angel and messenger. 
And I'm like, so I thought what a perfect name, solid, solid name, felt very strong, very masculine. And I'm like, he looks like a Malachi. And she's thinking about your story. Since you have these biblical themes in your story, and we are in this backdrop of the Garden of Earthly Delights, which is heavily biblical. She's like, I want you to just look up who Malachi is in the Bible. Do you know who Malachi is in the Bible? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and I have to be honest because I was raised Catholic, but I didn't have that relationship with the Bible at the time. So I was like, okay, I guess she gave me a project. I'm like, I don't know what she's getting at, but all right, cool. I'll go look them up. And then just brief research. And I think she even like followed up and she gave me some information too. But what I learned was that Malachi was in this last book of the Old Testament and he comes in super hardcore and he's y'all that I get right because Christ is coming like you have to fix yourselves repent he was very my impression was that he was very hardcore and like you better fix this or there's going to be problems for you yeah and I was like okay so then I was talking to my thesis advisor she's like, let's think about the context of your story you have a young a young woman who's struggling with sexual abuse, emotional abuse. Do you really think that Malachi is the right one to come in and tell her to fix herself? And I was like, and I remember at that time being like, oh, but, but she has to fix something, right? That's why some of these things keep happening to her. That's how I used to think. And she's like, no. And I'm like, but isn't the problem that she's being lustful? She's obviously doing something to deserve all these things happening to her. And my teacher, she was like, Christy, no. That's not what she's fighting against. She's not fighting lust. The lust is not this problem. This girl is not filled with lust. She's filled, if anything, she's filled with doubt. She's, if you continue on this route, you're going to end up blaming the victim. You're doing all this victim blaming. And then I'm like, oh, but if I do that, won't that be empowering? Because I'm, and I remember even taking on that belief for a while, because I really thought, oh, if I take on the blame, I can fix it. And I remember my teacher being like, no. So even just having the name Malachi on this biblical influence of someone being a hardcore and realizing that wasn't what I was trying to do. That wasn't a healthy way to heal. But it's what I was trained to think. I was so trained to think that even without realizing, I named her supernatural guide, right? Like her spiritual guide, I named him after this very intense person who is basically telling people you better get right fix this and so eventually after some reflection i changed the name to michael so even though michael as a character is also very intense he represents truth he represents justice which i felt i needed intensity but i needed justice i needed a somebody to really help me see the truth not just somebody that was going to punish me for what i had gone through so I remember that being one of the things that took me by surprise because I wasn't even really familiar so much with the Bible. So why? But it was subconscious. I didn't even realize that this was really what I was doing to myself, that I was blaming myself for all of these things. So I feel like that was one of those moments that took me by surprise. And I really like looked myself in the mirror and I was like, Christy, we're going to go there. This is what you're doing right now. This is what I'm going to tell people that you essentially get taken advantage of, but it's your fault. But mm -hmm. I, I really did have to be honest with myself and to, like I said, take a hard look at the mirror because 
that is what I was doing because that's what people kept telling me. Oh, if you do this, yeah, you'll get a boyfriend. You just have to do this and this. And I felt like I was really focusing on the wrong thing. Like I was trying to fix something that wasn't what needed fixing. <laughs> what I needed to do was confront and accept the things that happened to me and just heal and to look at things differently. So even when it came to naming my characters, that was one of those little moments where I really realized how strong our cultural backgrounds and our upbringings can really influence us even when we don't realize it, right? Like we're not actively thinking about those things, but it's in there and it's filtering and it's affecting our decisions. So that was like one of those moments, which is why I love to talk about the process because I feel like going through those changes, going through those confrontations, talking to my teacher and then later my editor with other moments, it really helped me realize how strong my filters were and how strong, like, even like my parents, other family members, how strong those experiences impacted me and how I was affecting my healing and how I had to really like unravel all of that so that I can have a more holistic view of my experience in order to heal from it. So it was a fun moment. <laughs> <laughs> And it's very interesting that you say that because I don't think a lot of us, at least for me, I I would have never thought that you would have it would go to those very like minuscule details. Oh yeah, can have such a big impact in what themes your story tells. Absolutely, and I think it helped that it was in the setting of a master's thesis because those are the situations you know that are really going to try to bring those out. Right. Because mm -hmm. this was for a thesis defense where they like really questioned everything that I was doing. And it really made me become more mindful of my choices, which then when I went to go turn it into a novel, it helped me be that much more intentional with what I was writing. Right. Like every scene really had to contribute to this ultimate message that I'm trying to share. Like even as far as, yeah, the small details of the, their names of where they're at, how are they reacting? What's the dialogue between each other? So it really, it may not seem like such an important thing, but when it comes to healing, all of those little moments, they make up this bigger puzzle, right? This bigger image of what our experiences are. So sometimes it really does come down to a little funny detail, like a name in a page, you know? I love that. I love that. and. If you can go back in time and talk to yourself about the writing process or any piece of, of your life, really, and give yourself one piece of advice, what would you tell yourself? I would probably, it's interesting because my instinct is to say, to not hesitate to write these things. But I also honor the fact that some moments really did have to take me longer to write. So... Probably the only experience, you know, the advice that I would give myself is you wrote, now you need to write more. Mm. Like I would say, go even deeper. I acknowledge that I probably went as deep as I could because I really did go fearlessly. But if I was to go back, it would be like, Christy, just take it that much deeper. Like <laughs> to that next level. Because I, I was definitely pushed by my thesis advisor and by my editor. I did get pushed to go deep and reach those certain parts of my mind. But yeah, if I could go back, I'd be like, Christy, just keep going. 
just keep going. So I'll tell myself now, keep going. Because we can definitely elaborate and reach these deeper levels of understanding of ourselves. So it's probably the only thing I would say. I like that. And it's so true. I think as a writer myself, I have had so much trouble acknowledging where I'm at and where I've gone through. Sometimes you're going up the steps, you you ha- are p- writing one page after another and you're like, oh, I'm stuck. I've, I don't know if I can finish this. But then you look back, you're like, wow, I really wrote 100 pages or I really wrote a whole chapter. I was like, oh, okay, I guess I can do one more chapter. And right. it, it's, it's really hard. It's really hard. Did you ever go through the writer's block? Like right through writer's block? Yeah, it was mostly, I don't know that it would be writer's block. I really feel like it was Christie's block. Specifically <laughs> me standing in front of myself, like scared little Christy, just stopping. Because like I briefly touched on with your last question, there were certain moments that I was going to get to. And even though I knew I'm like, Christy, we're going to be fearless. We're going to write this story. When it came to actually writing the scene, I'm like, no. I think they just sat there and I'm like, not today. And I remember particularly when I was writing it as my thesis, there was a particular scene the culmination, this like climactic kind of rape scene where I'm retelling these moments in my life, but combining them into this moment to make it into the fantasy. I remember just getting there and I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to write this. And I was like, where do I even start? Why? Then suddenly all the doubt came in and I'm like, why did I decide to do this? Like, why? All of a sudden I'm like, I don't want to do this. And I remember when I was writing it as my thesis, I think it took me like two weeks to even write because I kept looking at that chapter and it was the next chapter. And I'm like, I don't know what to do here. So I remember that was like probably the first time I really felt fear. Like, even though I knew, like I said, I had committed to this. I'm like, I'm going to do this. We're healing. We're going to share my story. When it came to writing it, there was a part of me that's, oh, now we're going to have to get into certain details, representing myself a certain way, like really having to be vulnerable. Even though it was outside to see, like anybody who knows me, or even just you read the introduction, these are based, even if it's not exactly like my real life, this isn't what I experienced, right? This was my takeaway of all these experiences in my younger years, now that I'm like so old, when I was younger. You're getting to see these experiences and my reaction to them. So I really had to talk to myself and I was like, Christy, are you really going to do this? Because you say you're going to do it, but now you're just sitting here and you're not writing. Why isn't it that you're writing? So it did take me two weeks, but eventually I'm like, you know what? We've come this far. I did not come this far to like that cliche and I didn't get this far to only come this far. Like we're going to see it through. And even if it gets ugly, we're just going to write it. We're going to deal with it. Because I feel like, not to say, in the whole picture, oh, nobody's perfect. But I was thinking about myself and I'm like, Christy, even if you're not proud of these things, even if there's a part of you that feels, man, I really should have known better. I really could have avoided some of these things. And you start feeling like, oh, I really could have, should have, would have. And 
even though those doubts were in me, I'm like, Christian, that's not what happened. You have to confront what actually happened. And maybe think about all these things that came together to make these events happen for you. At the end of the day, you survived them. You came out of them and now you have this opportunity to talk about them and to show people how they can overcome similar situations. There's no going back now. So that was kind of what I had to tell myself to really get over that writer's block and be like, we're just going to do it. Because actually, just like regular writer's block, that wasn't the problem. It was just that I saw that I'm like, mm, not happening. But then my editor helped me a lot with that too, because there was other scenes in making it into a novel. I was starting to get deeper and then certain moments that I hadn't even thought of as being, having such an impact on my experience, they started to come up and I remember getting emotional. Like my editor had to be like a therapist, right? He, he was there with me as I confronted a lot of these moments. And he really took me to those moments and he encouraged me to write them. And I remember struggling. But then again, I had to remind myself, like, Christine, this is, you signed up for this. You wanted to share your story. The only way to get there. But you can't talk about a story like this and just reach a surface level. You're not going to help anybody just by talking about it in like abstract terms. You need to start asking questions that people are going to have. Like all the questions you ask about yourself, you need to ask them. If there's a, a certain scene you need to write, just write it. Even if you're uncomfortable because it took you back to those places, trust me, it's going to help. And then when I actually wrote it and then I started looking at what was happening and asking those questions, after I would write, I would then sit with myself and that's how I was able to truly heal. So I experienced that writer's block, but I feel like anybody that goes through writer's block, I love questions. Like I ask myself questions all the time. I, I struggled with my editor. The only thing I struggled with, I want question marks everywhere. So he challenged me to make more statements. And I feel like that was part of my empowerment too. Less questions, more statements. But I'm like, I love questions. So I think that when we go through writer's block, to, for me, it helped to ask myself, why? You are a writer. Why aren't you writing? What mm -hmm. is happening? So when I was able to actually answer it, the writer's block went away. When I was able to just be the writer that I am. Definitely had experiences, but I was happy to be able to overcome them. Thank you for sharing that. I do think that not only did you overcome regular writer's block that one usually has, but you also went through some emotional block that you had to go through and process yourself in order to go through that. And you're like you said, you're being very vulnerable and putting yourself out there, even though it's not your direct story and it's like a fictional play by play, you're still putting a piece of yourself in it that is still relatable to you. Others may not know. Yeah. And I I know I can only relate to the feeling because I've written stuff in, that I've gone through and I've had the similar situation. Now, this is going to be a, a question for you. If we have someone out there that's listening to this and they want to write about their experience, fictional or nonfiction, what advice can you give them to help them start writing it? I would have them probably start by making sure that, you know what, I would probably just say start. <laughs> to pinpoint the experience. But I think that even if they have somewhat of an idea, I need to write my experience, I would start there. And then I would go into the deeper level of really honing in on what exactly is the experience. Sometimes there's a certain experience that stands out to us. So I feel like it's a great place to start there. But I also know 
Like I would say, prepare to go deep. If you really want to heal, prepare to be surprised at the amount of moments in your life that are connected to what you think mm-hmm. your experience, right? So you have this one experience there that had a great impact. Chances are, if there wasn't things leading up to it, there are ways that it has impacted other parts of your life. So I would say, get ready to look at those parts of your life. And I would say, be brave and just go for it. Because I promise it is going to be the best thing for you. I know it's like an absolute term and I get criticized for speaking in absolutes. (laughs) But I feel like if you do it right, if you do it with honesty and you say, you know what? I'm going to look at this with an honest heart. I'm going to seek the truth of what happened to me so that I can really take an honest look at myself to really know who I am, what happened to me, to accept it, integrate it, and look forward. If you do it with that intention that you're going to get to the heart of what really happened, including that experience that's affecting you and how it has impacted your life, I think if you do it the right way, like you can't lose. Like mm-hmm. even if it feels while you're writing, man, I regret this. Oh, look, I opened up a can of worms and I just realized I have all these like idioms or whatever. <laughs> Part of being an English teacher, I have all these idioms at my disposal and these sayings. But honestly, even if you were to open up all these crazy experiences and just expose all these parts of yourself, man, I wasn't even thinking about that, but that happened too. Even if you ever feel like you are defeated, and you wish you didn't start this journey, like I promise if you see it through, like only good things can come of it. Because if nothing else, like you're going to learn so much about yourself and you're going to be able to truly be present in your life. And I think that's like the best thing we can ask for. So I Mm -hmm. would say just start writing and yes, be prepared to look at all sides of yourself. And the best advice is just be honest. I really like that. And I didn't even really think about like the ripple effect, how one instance is not really what makes it. Yes, it's a big impact on us, but there's things that happened before and after the event that are interconnected and weaved into it that made that event more significant impact, like positively or negatively impactful in our lives. So it's a very interesting perspective that you mentioned there. Thank you. (laughs) This has been such an amazing um, conversation thus far. I have one final question um, before we wrap up, and it's the question that I ask all of my guests. You've gone through an amazing transformation from the start to the finish, as you, as you, as you said, through the writing process. In your opinion, if there's a person that is a writer that wants to, or someone that wants to tell their story and wants to write it down and share it with the public, what is a key factor that will help them transform them into the, through their unicorn journey to be able to do that? I would say to... First, listen to what your insights are telling you. Listen to the guidance within you. Even if it seems strange, the method by which you're telling your story. Like for me, I was telling my story through a fantastical setting. Ranik, it seemed odd at first, but I trusted it. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening here, but I'm going to trust it. And even though it didn't seem like the obvious way for someone to heal, I would say, listen to that guidance, trust the process, 
That was like the phrase I heard a million times. <laughs> I started writing this story. Everyone around me kept seeing trust the process. I kept seeing it online. I'm like, all right, I get it. But honestly, it's when I have to Renee, I would say, trust the process. And just like I said before, be honest with yourself. Be willing to almost tell your story like a historian would, right? Like where you have to report everything that's coming to you. Be, do your best to really share all the angles that are coming to you. Do not be afraid of looking at it through any lens. It is your story. It's going to have your point of view regardless. People are going to know your point of view. But don't be afraid to also question that so that you can learn some other ways to look at the situation because it's in that questioning that often the healing comes. Mm. It'll unravel these different parts of you that if you are willing to just be honest and to question and to almost play devil's advocate with yourself, you are going to have a much more holistic healing journey than if you just report. Like reporting is step one. Allowing yourself to take these different angles and to be creative. Like for me, it was making it into a fantasy. For some people, it's reporting it exactly as it is. And looking at these different, maybe even taking a point of view of a side character, like whatever you feel guided to do, to really look at those experiences, take them on and just be willing to enjoy the ride and whatever comes through, you write it because I promise it's going to be the best way for you to get the most of your writing journey. I love that. Great advice. (laughs) Thank you so much. This has been such an amazing conversation. I had to cut some questions out because I was like, oh, I want to keep going longer, but I can't. But it was such an amazing, (laughs) you're such an amazing individual. Thank you for everything that you've done and what you continue doing. I will definitely be purchasing your book and listeners, I really encourage you to do. It sounds like an amazing story and one that I think will really impact your life one way or another. But Christina, if there's, if the the readers want to, um, readers, if the listeners want to, (laughs) get to know more about you and your journey or keep up with your work in case there's more of your books out there. How can they stay in touch with you? Anyone can reach me on social media. So Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, anything. It's my handle. It's at Christy Smeriglio. So I go by Christy. I also have a personal website, ChristySmeriglio.com. I have my blog there. I have all my information there. So I would say uh, primarily through Instagram or any other social media, as well as my personal website is probably the best way to keep in touch with me. I have my contact information there as well. So if anybody wants to reach me via email, start a conversation, you know, get to know my writing more, or if they want my assistance with their writing, I feel like we're all here to help each other. So through any one of those ways I can be reached and I'm Happy to be there. Awesome. Thank you so much. And for listeners, I'll be posting all of these links in the show notes. So feel free to scroll down on the episode, click it, and you should be able to just click the links and be able to go directly to their website. Also, if you want to visit my website, regoza-consulting.com, there's a unicorn wall of fame. You'll see Christy's picture there with all of her description there. So that another way you can get a hold of her that way. Thank you again, Christy, for everything. Listeners, once again. (laughs) Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. And also episodes come out every Friday by 7 a.m. 
And until next week, thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Finding the Unicorn in You podcast. I truly appreciate you listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode and gained valuable insights. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review on your favorite platform. Keep listening, keep learning, and keep growing. Until next time, this is Dr. Jaime Gabriel Regoza signing off.